Welcome to the Mindful Surfer podcast with myself, Will Foster, and my co-host, Liam, the uh, Mick Fanning Shredder Morgan. (laughs) We've just been discussing boards, as per usual. General topics are, when are we going to surf next? Um, What boards are we riding or not riding? What's going on with the fins? I've just lent you a set of fins, which look exciting. Yeah. Heels. Um... I've put them in my little plastic tub in the boot of the van. Yes. Is it a boot? Does a van have a boot? Or is it like just a cavernous Ge- opening? General, general. <laughs> I think it's a Don't boot. Don't you start talking about cavernous <laughs> openings. I think it's a I've boot. I've seen your cavern. <laughs> oh, Christ. That is a serious opening. Oh. Um, yeah. It's, we- so anyway, I've put them in this tub. I hope I'll get to use them. But I'm going to have to stop talking about Mick Fanning. People are going to think we're, um, I've, I'm, I've got some sort of commercial deal with him, which I haven't. Well, it's this thing about that board. Like, you've got this Mick Fanning uh, little board. Or at least a commercial deal with his Chinese plastic board manufacturers. <laughs> Thank you very much. Sorry, Down outside sorry. the factory going, right, come on, a few more thousand, please. Yeah. Um, basically, it's a fun board, isn't it? And it's kind of, we're always on this progression journey, or, or at least a lot of us are, um, where we're trying to get more joy from surfing, but also progress as well. But of course, as I say that, we all know that they're inextricably linked. The more joy you're having, the better you surf, and the better you surf, the more joy you will have. But what comes first? There's a philosophical question for you. What comes first in surfing in terms of getting that flow experience that we are all looking after, looking for, which is that kind of thought-free, pure high vibe, high energy, leave the water feeling like just everything's clicking into place and you're just kind of on top of the world. You know, what comes first? Is it the pursuit of performance on the wave or is it the pursuit of just um to relax and, and have fun i don't think there's a, a yes or no to either of those they must sit exactly the same as each other it's sort of it's a really tricky balance that isn't it yeah i know you know we always say here we go and rambling around the houses here but uh it's it, each person gets in i think well everybody's getting in to have a good time but what your version of a good time is varies from individual to individual i think that's where it's at isn't it so like we've always said, that surf school happy is the ecstatic feeling of just getting a bit of wave energy for the first time, maybe. Uh, and if you go in and you're Kelly Slater, you might be trying to get something more radical out of your session to cheer you up or help you escape from the real world or whatever it is you're using surfing for. But if you're going in with the intention to have the best time you can possibly have, and your version of that is whatever you choose it to be. It's so true. And I had a surf that really taught me a hell of a lot recently. And it's always the ones that are the most challenging that do. And that's why we've got to lean into our surfing challenges rather than lean away from them. And life's challenges, obviously. But it's this thing where I was surfing at a spot nearby here. Um, and it's quite a tight takeoff spot. Quite a few in. Not not loads, but but a few in. And I got I got off to a really slow start, which, which we can all do sometimes. But w- what that surf taught me in terms of why emotionally I was triggered and why I found it draining to be in that water for the first 20, 30 minutes and it really took me that long to get going was because when I'm having a bit of a slow surf uh, on a a UK beach break, generally I can just go to the next peak and you can just paddle away. And I think that's, we're very, very blessed in that way. Yes, we don't get loads of classic reef and point breaks in this country. We get beach breaks, which I know are far less reliable. They they, they don't break with the same power and all these things. But again, duality being everything, the, the upside of that is a fuckload of space. You just paddle over to the next bit of beach. But 
it, it's it's a, it's a it's a freedom you have that that I really love, and I didn't know how much I loved it until I went and had that surf, and I I felt a little bit trapped. Um, at the same time, isolated within myself, I didn't feel myself, and and I kept not getting the wave, and then and then I kept not getting another one, and then of course when there are only two waves in a set or three waves in a set, and there's maybe eight of you out who are all good good surfers too, very competitive. Um, despite it being a very friendly place to surf, it sort of just got on top of me, and I I was just like, God, shall I just get out or whatever? And um, it took it took, it took me a good while. I, I actually got into the surf in the end, but it was still one of those surfs that I'll. I'll always remember and mark down as as one that um, taught me a hell of a lot about what I what I love, and we have and other spots nearby us um, which which aren't as high quality as that wave. But by the sheer fact that there's all this space, I am having a higher quality experience, and that is everything about how we are as surfers and our authentic journey as surfers. We have to try and find out who are we really. Versus who are we becoming? And that's a really delicate balance because don't get me wrong, I want to go back to this wave because I love surfing a higher quality wave for the joy of it and the expansion of it and all that stuff it brings. I love the challenge of it too because I don't, I can't just get a wave, a wave, a wave, a wave. And I like that. I like that mental challenge. It's just getting the balance of that right, which is that if I go to a spot like that and I'm frothing for a wave because I've had a day off surfing or two days off or how <laughs> Liam's <laughs> looking at me like you fuck. You fucker. But it's if it depending on how many days off I've had from surfing, it would not be a wise move to go there. If you if you are really hungry for a weight. Now it's it's that appetite thing. So for me, having learned that, if my appetite is at a sort of eight, nine, ten out of ten for a wave, just don't go there. But you have to live and you have to learn. It's just such a process. And so Yeah. I love all how authentic that journey is. Well, you know, I I've been in it kind of applied to work sometimes and I was sort of thinking a lot about that. That's one of the things that keep, and this is a mindful challenge, has kept me out of the water a lot in the recent weeks. Although when I say a lot these days, it means I've got to reserve some of my surfing to weekends and that sort of thing. Or I'll post work and we don't have light, so nights are dark, so sometimes you finish work and it's, it's dark and you can't surf and you've got to sort of dial that in. But I sort of applied some of the stuff we've been doing because I've generally over the last 20 odd more years being in results focused businesses and you start to think when you're planning what your what you want teams who deliver results to do when you break that down onto an individual level you say well what what does a good result look like and what does good look like and that varies from person to person and the expectation that you set for yourself is where then you start to define those parameters of good and that applies all the way through to surfing because when you, when, when you go in and you say, well, I've had a great surf. Well, great for who? If it's great for you and it sort of measures against what you set as your intention for that surf, whatever you want to get out of it, I don't care whether it's just you know, floating around or whether it's sort of doing airs off the, off the lip. It's about what does good look like to you? And as soon as you start to set that, then you can see how each improvement is relative to where you were before, how it was compared to your expectation of getting in and all that sort of stuff. So the, uh, when people say it's good surf or I've had a good surf or the waves are good or whatever, we could be more sort of hyperbolic about it and say, well, they were fantastic waves. They were amazing. They were awesome. They were rad, dude. You know, all that sort of surf stuff. It's like, well, that's relative to what you define as, as good. And that varies from person to person. Um, 
but the more you put into it from a gratitude perspective, especially when you go into conditions, and the more you go into it with the "I'll just get what I get" kind of thing, and hopefully have a good time, the gem- generally the better quality surf you get anyway. Again, relative to yourself, it's so true, Liam. That and it's the pre-surf mindset you just talked about. Get what you get and don't get upset. And it's it's two. I think it's and then it's the next level as well, which is the body as as well. So. I think pre-surf, one of, if not the ultimate hack for how that surf's going to turn out is mentally how you are and physically how you are. And I'll be the first to admit, Jesus, uh, the the pre-froth froth that I get makes me so, so in autopilot mode sometimes. It's like when I'm, even when I'm driving down, driving a little too fast and I'm not letting people through in traffic like I normally do. And I'm sort of and and I have to absolutely slow that down. And it's taken years and years and years of, of work. Sounds crazy to think, but you can say, oh, you know, you're so happy. You're about to go surfing. Whoa, 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 whoa. Not yet. Not not yet. Because interestingly, a lot of surfs, if not most, I think, it's not a state of happiness pre-surf. It's a state of managing expectations. And, th- and, and that takes a very clear and conscious mind because you have to, you have to notice how much you've built up to that surf, like, oh, well, I haven't surfed for a while and I wonder how I'm going to surf and what, are there, how many people are going to be in. And lots of questions, questions, questions. Because what it is with, with surfing is it, it's so uncertain. So there's all these uncertainties. And yet the one thing you can be certain about is your breath and being present. And that's what you've got to bring it back to. And I and it's still such a work on for me. And I remember, like I said, going into that surf uh, last week and I, I pre-surf started really judging the waves from where I could see them. Of course, I haven't got a fucking clue how it's going to turn out. But what I'm starting to do in my mind is create the illusion that I know for certain how the surf is going to turn out, which is absolute bullshit. I cannot tell you how many more, how many times I am mostly, I'll be, I'll be honest, I am mostly wrong than I'm right as to how a surf is going to turn out. And that is humbling to me still to this day. Yes, there are times where you look at it. Wow. Oh my God. And you get in and oh, wow. And oh my God. And it all. Yeah. Okay, fine. Most surfs aren't like that. No. You just go in and you don't really know in a way. And I was saying to you before the show that my expectation of surf has changed a little bit. And I've been disappointed with myself recently because I don't feel I surf very well. But I had to really stop myself and and go back to where we were at the beginning of this whole mindful surfer um, sort of conversation, really. Right back to the beginning. So what? (laughs) Oh, I've had a crap surf. So? Have you lost points on the world tour, Liam? No. <laughs> Have you? Is it made your life any worse? Definitely not. It's actually made it better because you've been in the water. Get a grip, man. Enjoy what you've got. Stop, stop bringing external pressures into what is a wonderful experience. And, and that external pressure, I mean, your mind kind of, that wasn't very good. What if somebody saw that wave, Liam? You're supposed to have improved, Liam. You're supposed to be a bit better surfer than that now. But you just surf like a kook. And, and then that starts playing in your mind and you have to go and say to yourself, so fucking what? Who cares? If you, and make yourself, I don't care. Now, separate that a little bit from the, you know, uh, performance thing. Oh, well, why, do, why should I care? Because I want to get more out of each surf. So I do care about performance. It would be a lie to say I didn't. But the, the putting that kind of heavy burden of uh, disappointment in your own self for performing, uh, badly whatever that means is crackers right um just on your point about uncertainty i I watched did i tell you about this did i talk about this on another show uh certainly not on the one we did with ads last week which was great fun but i watched this netflix documentary with jonah hill 
Now, Jonah Hill is a surfer as well. He likes to, and a, and a skateboarder. Uh, you know, you might know him, guys, as the actor Jonah Hill. Uh, been in some funny movies. Superbad, super probably, bad. is his biggest. Yeah. I think still. And he was in that recent thing, Don't Look Up on Netflix. You yeah. Know, that thing about the meat. Yeah. Um, and he's been in loads of funny funny stuff. Um, any, anyway, uh, he, he made this documentary uh, where he sits and talks to the person who's been his therapist. He's been through some shitty stuff in his life, old Jonah. And particularly around like body image and, you know, how to improve at things and, you know, self-doubt and all the stuff that humans tend to be burdened with in life. Um, but he brought this thing to life by bringing it to a show where he could share it with everybody. And the thing that struck me with this guy, uh, Phil Stutz, who is his, um, um, his therapist, really, or his psychoanalyst, whatever you want to call him, <clears throat> he, he, he really had this sort of vein of thought about what practical tools can you use to get yourself out of these situations, rather than it just being a tell me about your history, tell me about your life. You know, it, it was more about what his view of how to do this thing is, what stuff can we do to improve this person's sort of experience or help them get better, yeah? Uh, happier, whatever you want to call it. And something that he said that resonated with me in this kind of surf thing, uh, and he, he was talking about life, but there, there we continue to draw the parallels, was um, life is uncertain. The, 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 the fundamentals of it is it's uncertain, it's painful, and it requires a lot of hard work. And actually, you could just overlay that straight onto surfing, right? As you can surfing onto life and, and so on. And you, it's going to be painful at times because of the expectation you put on yourself. It's going to be painful because of the influence of other people. It's always uncertain because, wow, well, the waves change and the conditions change and, you, you know, you don't know what you're going to get. And without dedication, commitment, hard work, uh, combined with a bit of that pain, you won't see the benefits and you won't have the real upside of joy or upside of improvements so while i was watching this i mean it was good i'd recommend this in surf media as well not just because it's quite an interesting show if you like jonah hill and you're interested in that stuff but there are some things that you can take from that that say yeah of course it's not easy nothing that is rewarding is ever going to be that easy and so therein lies a lesson for us surfers and for life as well yeah we i think I could, you completely agree Liam. and we we discussed this last week uh, with ads uh, from the Grumpy Surfer and, and a big shout out to ads if you're listening it was it was really good fun being on your show and that is actually uh, out now actually on yeah. his uh, show uh, on, on his podcast uh, is that right? Yeah at the Grumpy Surfer go to that and uh, check it out it's great and he's got a great show anyway we, yeah, we're, we're regular yeah. listeners he, he's, um, he does some brilliant stuff from surfing to be Brazilian jiu-jitsu stories to heroics to military you know he interviews some brilliant guests across that whole range so check him out that's it um, and you were mentioning a bit about the hard work and I think how we frame things is really interesting and, and hearing ads uh, on that podcast we were doing, he was sort of talking about seeing us going into onshore waves and just this kind of constant paddle and getting trashed and et cetera, et cetera. And he's not such a big fan of, of that kind of surfing. Um, and for me, and, and, we're, and we're all completely different, obviously, um, I, I really enjoy it. And I think it's just, everyone's after a different thing. Um, and when it comes to the hard work bit, um, it, it's it's the feeling of a workout. Um, I think what we're used to from where we surf it, it is that surf is a workout. I think a lot of places around the world, it's not considered the same. If you surfed on a reef or a point and you sort of had one takeoff spot and it's quite lined up like that, um, yeah, you've still got to paddle back to the peak, but it's a very cruisy, gentle paddle back because obviously the water's just flat calm. And I think that, 
where we surf, we underestimate um, how much joy we clearly must get from the constant work because you get all these endorphins. And endorphins are fascinating because they can change your perception of what it is you're doing. It's like you've got to get over the threshold and you're wrong. And there's a there's a there's a great um, line which Tal Ben Shahar has. He's a he's a positive psychologist. He talks about exercise, um, and he calls it the five minute rule. And it, it's, just, it's it can be applied to any any activity, whether it's tidying up the kids' toys at home to you know even bloody um, going for a surf or anything in between. And it's basically that this 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 rule of five minutes that you if you just give something five minutes of proper work, once you get to the sixth minute sixth minute, there's this there's this little endorphin that just pop just gets popped into your brain, just this little one, boom, it's there. And then you're off and you start going. And I think that for me, getting to know myself with surf, I, I really kind of need that a little bit because I think that little pop at six minutes, it, it's the thing that just starts to help me enter into a slightly more mindful state. And then that slightly more mindful state means that I start to attract better waves and I'm more in the moment, I'm more focused. I think when I paddle out to a, a busy spot and I just sit there, ooh, that's that's a challenge. There's no endorphins, none. So you've only got mind. And if you just got mind, you're missing half the picture, which is body. So it's a really, I think this, there's this intriguing bit around surf, which is, I think we, as, as English surfers, I think we're quite blessed in that way. We've always got to work like enough. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. it's just, there's just waves everywhere in front of you. You know what I mean? But I think that's why it comes to that pyramid of how do you build, you know, whatever it is you know how do you how do you build mental fortitude or how do you calm your mind or how do you you know there's loads of stuff you can do across that whole spectrum of like mindfulness meditation or whatever but some of the fundamentals as you say will is if you just if, if, if you just isolate one it's very hard so you, you know this idea that you've got mind body and stoke means that you know if you start with body and you work that the benefits for your mind as we were saying last week we've had the benefit for your mind start to kick in and similarly you, you know you can do the same backwards towards um, mind and body, but I, I actually think the body bit is so important because the endorphins that releases and as 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 unmotivated as you might be sometimes to go and run, swim, surf, lift weights, whatever it is that kind of gets you going. But yeah, five minutes in, you're starting to feel better already. So whereas if you are just dwelling on things and it's your mind that you've got to try and train, that's a very very hard muscle to work in the right direction without triggering some of those you know physical endorphins that kick in from exercise or exertion especially if it's strenuous mm. you know dude i completely agree and it's it's been interesting with with surf recently with mind and body for me because i've been having these these great surfs i've had a lot of surfs lately i've been very very blessed to have that and in almost all of them barring a couple of the had on the north coast where i was just surfing on my own th- th- there have been some really healthy beautiful uh, mental challenges around other people and for, and for me, and I know Liam, you're you're very very similar. Unless we're surfing in really really large waves, it's actually whatever is large for us, so to speak, or, or waves that increments of fear, as we want to talk about with with William Fanagan, because it's that that's how we measure actually. Yeah, what that trigger is. I think it's, that's the only way to it's, measure waves. There's nowhere. Yeah, exactly. Oh well, that your triple overhead is that other person's head high. Do you know what I mean? So it's like Jamie O'Brien always goes, ah, it's like one to two. I'm like, fuck, what the fuck? One to two what? Who's one to two? Is that Jamie? <laughs> one to two skyscrapers? One to two double-decker buses? I love buses. how they do that in Hawaii. I, I have family that live in Hawaii and my brothers are always saying, oh yeah, it's about a foot and it's blatantly like six foot. It's just so, it's so funny. But it's this thing where, aside from the wave size and power thing, being a potential trigger, it's, it's other people. Um, sometimes it's, it's yourself, just you. You might just be having a, a not great surf and you're not, 
your body's not feeling great and you're a bit tired. And there's those ones that you trigger yourself when you're being too hard on yourself. And we've all had those too. But I think one of the other biggest triggers that's always really worth talking about because, geez, I'd love to hear someone on a podcast saying these kind of things if I was driving to a surf because I know that we're all human. And it's that other people really get in my head and it's it, it, it's the energy and vibration they give off. It's it's like, let's say you're at a quieter spot. I've had this a lot lately. You're at a quiet, quieter spot like what we have and someone paddles up next to you and they give off a bit of a funny vibe and they start then getting in the way. And then when you go to communicate with them, then they, they don't want to look at you. And maybe it's because they're shy or, or nervous, which is often what it is actually. Um, or maybe they just don't want to talk to you and that's fine. No big deal. But but it, it, it puts you off your game because you're in this great rhythm and, and then you've got to deal with other people. And it's it's a unique thing in surf that we we do really have to deal with other people. So I think the better you get to know yourself in how you're triggered by other people, I think the, be- the, the better the surfs you can have. Because I think it's just... Never us trying to say, be perfect, never get triggered by anybody. Because people in crowds are going to, like there's going to be someone who's, who's really aggressive. There's going to be someone that's going to be a bit grumpy and angry. And there's going to be people who, let's say, unbeknownst to them, are just getting in the way and being kind of just a bit annoying and, and irritating. And what I've really had to work on is go, oh, geez, it's okay to get irritated. Like I, I, I've often, I think in some ways, and I've had this in a lot in recent surfs, been hard on myself for getting really annoyed by beginners or by people with big boards who are sort of not really, they're sort of in the way and because it, it, it's okay. And once I then make it okay, I'm like, oh, it's, it, it, oh, it's okay. And then it's really weird because once I then have that moment, I then paddle further away. And yeah, they're on the better peak that I'd rather be on, but I'd also rather have more peace over there. And then by the time I've had that more peace over there, I've attracted that good peak anyway because my vibe has changed. It is an intriguing constantly shifting thing in, in surf, unless you are just like, you know, you and a mate and it's just miles of beach. And that, of course, that's the dream we all, we all want. But reality is, whether we like it or not, we're going to have to accept that it's a popular sport. Yeah, especially if you're surfing in your local town or places where more surf destination kind of, you know, we can't all be Torren Martin surfing empty waves, can we? In your, living in your van playing your banjo or whatever you do, making great hipster <laughs> films for need essentials. Sending, sending people to sleep by saying, yeah, it's six foot North Shore, it looks all right. <laughs> like, oh, Torin, just give us some enthusiasm. Give us a bit of something, Torin. Uh, well, I wish I could surf like Torin Martin. Well, fuck yeah. Holy shit. One of the world's best, um, I think, for sure. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but that's it. You, you know, people... Oh, it's, you, it's, relationships with people you don't know in uh, a, a kind of pretty wild environment are one of the things you need to navigate when you're surfing. Um, for whether you're looking out for each other, because we all keep an eye on each other, I think, as surfers, especially in sort of crazier conditions. Um, and then how you kind of navigate the etiquette, the like you say, the ebb and flow of who are you getting in people's way? And I get in people's way all the time, but you know, it's it's how do you how do you allow that to play out and what do you do about it if there are things going sort of wrong in the lineup so true and we we get so precious about waves and um and we get triggered by when they don't quite work out or when we get dropped in on or we drop in on someone else i had one at a spot the other day again a popular spot and i completely i always look and i and i hope that if i ever do go that someone will at least go yep and make a noise and i'll pull off the bat but i heard no noise um, but I had a sort of slight suspicion that they might have been able to get round the wall because they were much further ahead of the peak. But 
for me, my call was 90% sure it's fine. When I spoke to them after, I said, oh God, dude, I, I didn't uh, drop on your wave. And he went, yeah, you can. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. And I was really, looked him square in the eye. I, I didn't really know the guy that well, but I just said, look, mate, super, super sorry that I did that because I never would want to do that intentionally. And then that was a trigger too. Because then I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, I've dropped in on someone. I hate doing that. But I think it's just, it's this thing where we're sort of navigating doing this sport that's so free and so wild and so exposed and beautiful and just raw and everything we want to surface, no rule books and so on and so forth. But at the same time, we have to, as people, ground this sport in in some etiquette and some some rules and some systems and so on. And it is okay. And this I've had this many, many times. It is okay to speak up and it is okay to do it calmly and so on and so forth. And I've I've got to this point now where I've said things enough times calmly that I'm actually quite used to it. And there was a guy, uh, in fact, I want to I mention this one because this is another spot I surfed at recently. I've just got to mention this one because as listeners, I want you to hear this one and, and see if you want to bank, bank this one in, in the memory because it's quite a nice way of, of getting the, the snake in the lineup. We all know what snaking is to sort of just be a bit aware. If you're in a really, really tight takeoff spot, and it's a clearly just a solid reef break or whatever, and it's just round a conveyor belt, round a conveyor belt. You you get noticed real quick if you just start going past everyone again. If you're on a sup, especially on a sup, which we've had actually a fair bit recently, a little bit last night actually. In fairness, but anyway, it's one of these ones where um, this was happening at a spot nearby just recently, and one of my mates who's a bit more inexperienced, he said to me because he had started seeing it. And it was really obvious at this point. We'd have been having this great surf and then this guy comes in and starts... I mean, it was so blatant. It was like, oh my God. It was that one where it's almost like you're laughing about it. And so at this point, he, me and my mate are now entitled to just go for the next wave that comes because he he's had three set waves in a row, which is dangerous too, because he could just ride straight into us. Um, but the technicalities of surfing are that actually, you know, it's now, it's now our turn. So we wouldn't be doing... We would not be dropping in on him, which makes it really tricky. So in the end, so my mate, Ollie goes to me, he goes, mate, what's the, what's the rules on, on this spot we're on in terms of, and I said, and I said really loudly on purpose, obviously, I said, well, some people do this and paddle there and some people <laughs> massively <laughs> snake the whole lineup. And I said it really loudly and it fucking, did it work? It was, it was amazing because his head just turned and he fucking knew. He so knew and he just, he, he disappeared. And I did. I then thought in my head. I thought, God, you know what? I really hope actually he didn't then feel bad. I, I, and what I really hope is that actually all it did was make him go, Oh yeah, I think I really was. And I think what I did was I looked at those boys there and thought, Fucking kooks. Well, that happens. And that, <laughs> of course, it does. He probably saw People, me, yeah. saw me surf and went, Yeah, whatever, mate. Yeah. I'll but, get away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is it. It's a, it is a tricky balance. See, I, I'd love to know how it works. At well, I know how it works, but at these sort of like you know, what they were, glamour spots. So I've, I, I looked, there was a thing with, that Jamie did the other day that was this like point of, Jamie O'Brien, that this point, of, point of view, because listen to me, hey, there's this thing that Jamie did, Will, <laughs> like he's one of our bezies. <laughs> well, we're on his, hey, hey, we're on his radar. Hi, Jamie. We're on his radar. Thanks for tuning in. Jamie O'Brien, Please. we are on your radar. We're on your website. Write us a letter if you hear this one. Anyway, so I'm watching this point of view surf footage from Jamie O'Brien at Pipeline and he, was, he said, something like POV at crowded pipe. Holy shit, I man. Know, I know. I mean, so, so, so I, I can't wrap my head around this. So, you, you know, when you say you're a surfer, 
non-surfacing, are you surfing those kind of waves? I wouldn't go anywhere near pipeline anyway, unless I was significantly coached by someone like Jamie and it was a reasonable size and I was quiet, whatever. And I was wearing like full body armor, whatever I need to, you know, a few few variables. It's a dangerous (laughs) wave. But all these people in the water. And so even if to a man and woman uh, and even kids, there's kids out there as well. They are, world-class surf a lot you know obviously lots of them are world-class surfers there's lots of famous pros out there as well however how the hell do you hustle for a wave firstly and then the pressure of the takeoff and the critical you know wave of consequence that you're riding it just watching the footage scares the life out of me so you know we consider ourselves surfers we talk about surfing but that's not the kind of wave i would like to surf certainly not with those crowds man you know and all of that comes together and, and it, it really, when we talk about surfing and people and surfing, you know, even dream spots, is that a crowd can ruin the spot because, you, like you say, you're not in that endorphin physical kind of release of exercise and paddling and taking off and repetition and all that because it's hard to get an actual wave. So then you're in the kind of playground dynamics of, ooh, am I allowed to go? Um, who's Who's the king of the... Who's the king of the hill here? Who do I have to respect? Who do I have to... It, it, there's, there are so many variables that would, for me personally, I don't know how other, some people may get off on that. It's like that diminishes the experience of surf. I'd rather surf three-foot windslop than compete in that sort of environment. I completely agree. And it's this mindset about... or the, the, Sorry, it's the mindset that you take into these surfs that is everything. Because I think that one of the beautiful challenges of surfing is that as you get better, you want to just keep getting better. When, when you, let's say, had a surf that went so well, you couldn't believe what you were doing, you then want to back it up. There's a coming down process though, because it's very rare that you get to back it up because guess what? You get to the spot again, it's a different spot. Or it's, maybe it's the same spot, but the conditions have changed or the crowd's turned up or whatever. And then what you've got to be able to do as a surfer is so, so important. You've got to be able to adapt. Adapt, 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 adapt over and over. Yes, all, we all want head high stand-up walls. All of us do. We're just you and your mate. <laughs> like, it's just obvious. It's just obvious what you... But it's what are you willing to trade off? It's like, for, for me, it's all about mindset. Like, if I if I go into a surf and it's looking crowded on a really good peak, but a bit mushier further down the beach and it's uncrowded, well, it's all about my mental approach. If I go down to that mushier peak, what can I work on on that wave that I can then take with me in my backpack on to maybe what might be another exceptional surf when the, let's say, crowd has died down or I'm at a different spot or so on and so forth. Rather than look at like, oh, damn it, I'm not going to be able to get hardly any waves. It's, like, it's more like, how can I still have a good experience here if I just change my either my mindset or um, my equipment or how many waves I'm, I'm wanting to get or whatever it might be. It's just, it's just remaining adaptable all the time. But I think as surfers, if we are rigid about what we expect to be able to do, how many times we want to do it, when we want to do it, how we want to do it, why we want to do it, all these things. If we get rigid about that, we are in for a, a bit of a, a, a turbulent ride. I think it's just so about how we approach it. Like, I think yesterday was an example. Like Yesterday was not classic surf, but it was fun surf. And I was still on quite a small board, but my mindset was really like, no, no I really, really wanted to welcome my takeoffs here. And it was great because I really banked that. I was, there was quite a few real slack waves there to get onto because they're hard to get onto. But then when they finally jacked up, they were, they were quite steep. And so that was really challenging to, to do. So that was a good thing to bank and, and work on that. And, and yeah, maybe not do loads of turns down the line, but it, it's then 
you've still got this positive takeaway from what you've done. And so I think a lot of what I see is the most progressing surfers is they're the ones who are the most flexible in how they approach what they want to do. They, they go, oh, okay, well, the conditions are like this. So I'm going to now do that. Oh, now the conditions are like this. So now I'm going to do that. And oh, look, the crowd is like this. So now I'm going to surf there. And then, oh, look, there's no crowd. So I'm going to, do you see what I mean? It's, it's like this constant sort of, and yeah, sometimes you end up in your, dare I say, worst case scenario, but you end up in your most challenging scenario. Like for me, the other day, it's, a, it's that uber challenging scenario for me, which is just a perfect wave uh, with a lot of you in on a couple, only a couple of waves that you can't really get on and you've just got to sit. And that, and that is my, my hardest thing. But whenever you have those times, again, there's, there's still great takeaways to come from that because it's that whole thing of, like, well, what did you learn? And, and that still comes with you because then it fuels you for your next surf. So... Geez, it's it, the nuances of it all are great, but this is why we started the show, isn't it? That's Absol- why we started the show. Absolutely, because while we're talking about it and working this shit out ourselves, we thought we'd put it out there to the world. Um, and yeah, and it's it's great, isn't it? Because he, with any of this, again, this is something that came up when, when the, me, you, and Ads were talking. Will is that it's nice to know that other people share the same whatever put frustration. So you're in it. You're you're in a kind of community of people who are kind of going, oh yeah yeah yeah, I I I've, I know what you mean, and and so and with that comes progress as well because it's good for humans to feel that they're not alone in in those kind of almost the tricks that your mind plays on you. It's not unique to you. There are things that everybody's going through when you when we apply it to surfing, and at, at all levels, by the way, as well. You know the uncertainty of people. Who I would look at and go, "Holy shit, that person's absolutely ripping!" Or they know exactly what they're doing in the water, or the fantastic waterman uh, or water person or whatever. And they're like, "Wow, they've still got things that they want to work on, or they still have challenges that they face." And so then to not feel completely isolated in that by sharing a conversation, like I say, it feels like a conversation. When I listen to podcasts that help me, it's like, "Wow, yeah, I'm part of that. I can I can take a little bit out of that, and I'll see if I can run with it." And so. Yeah, all of this stuff we're going through all of the time in every surf, really. And then the moments, the moments when it all comes together, when the hard work pays off, that's when it's brilliant. But this is what gets me all the time. And again, in recent surfs, you've, the progression you've made isn't guaranteed that it will continue unless you keep on the working. And I've had some dreadful surfs the last few surfs I've been in. You know, a couple of really decent waves, but the rest of it, I'm like, oh shit, what, what happened? I thought I'd learned about that. I thought I could do that. I can't do that anymore. And it's not, it's just that sometimes that's the hand you get dealt and you got to go, okay, what have I learned from that? Well, how can I get better? Uh, and being aware of it is the first step in going, right, okay, I can fix that bit next time. Awareness is the key. And it's and it's also not being too hard on yourself. And that's the, probably the biggest one of all. Like people yeah. get so, so, so hard on themselves and that doesn't serve to do anything except make things worse. And the, the flip side of it is being kind on yourself. Completely. And rather than being, rather than force that because oh I'm going to be kind of myself well, well what is that well that is just being focused yeah. on your mind and because your mind will produce all these negative thoughts and just by being aware of them that's being kind yeah to yourself because what you're doing is you're removing you know the sort of oh this is true element to it because you're seeing the illusionary aspect of these thoughts they're all they're always going to be there these thoughts you, you mess up a turn straight away there are going to be thoughts like oh you know how come I can't get my foot there and why am I not surfing like this and oh is it because I ate that or did this or what would Clayton say well yeah <laughs> exactly one of my ones I do a lot and it's all ego of course it is but well it's, it's like this I don't know if you do this but when, when I get and whoever's listening might say this to their nearest and dearest is I go oh my god to my wife I haven't had a very good surf she looks at me and is like what you've been out of the house for like five hours 
you've been dressed in a rubber suit. I always say this. <laughs> splashing around in brown water mostly when we're surfing here. And you're telling me you've had a shit surf, you know? Yeah. It's like, what, what, are you, what are you on? What planet are you on? I, I know. I totally agree. And it's this thing where we then, we then, then are taking ourselves way, way too seriously. We've got to have a craft. I think in life, I think that's huge for building immense happiness levels in your life. Have a craft or, or two or three. A passion. Have yeah. some, exactly a passion. A thing that you work on, but God, getting the balance right within it, 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 it is, is tough. And that's part of happiness. Part, a huge part of happiness is, is the discomfort that comes with, um, you know, not getting it right in yeah. doing what you're doing. Do you know all the, part of it. Because then when the joy does, when it does all kick in, like I had a wave the other day and it's like my fins just felt just like I was just so connected. This was actually two days ago on, on one of our local spots that was having one of its best days ever. And um, I just felt so deep into the turn and, and like high and tight and tail release. And it was just so smooth and and it'd only been the previous day or the two days before that that I'd had my triggered surf. And it is this roller coaster journey, but that is the happiness of it. It isn't just, you know, all bells and whistles and roses every time. That, that the whole point is yeah. that the joy feels like real joy because of what you've had to go through yeah. in order to experience that. And, and, and it's being able to kind of talk about it after. I think that's what, you know, there's often that saying, which is, you know, it's fun surfing, but it's just as much, if not more fun, talking about it after too. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. it's sharing in your woes at times too and laughing about it a little bit. And, you know, I remember that at the Bristol Wave, I remember looking at myself and being like, you know, the photos they do and I was trying to pull into a little barrel and my ass was the same height as my neck. As in, that's how little I'd bent into the tube. I wasn't down low. I'd, and I just, lo I just looked like Quasimodo. I look like a 95-year-old granny pushing along a Zimmer frame trying to pull into this barrel. And I'm like, oh, who is this bloke trying to serve? And of course, it's all just ego and it's fair to laugh at it and go, yeah, sure. And also then go, right, fuck me, right? I need to start squatting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And look at it. Look in the mirror and go, right, no, actually, okay, okay. Laugh at this now, but now learn from it. Get in the gym. Start working on it. Get those, um, get, how deep is your squat? How deep is your, how deep is your squat? How deep, how deep is your squad? I really need to know. Oh, bloody hell. Because you're pulling into a barrel. You might get smashed, but we all get smashed sometimes. I don't know where the fuck this came from. Anyway. <laughs> I'm just leaving you hanging. That was, that. you You kept nodding, like, I'm carry looking. on, carry on. I'm just encouraging That is the Bee Gees, by the way. Oh, we guessed that. Yeah, Did well, you it was. So, yes. Thank oh, you, God oh, most oh, of them are you. dead. <laughs> Thank God. How deep are they is all? Sorry to be... I think, is there a surviving Bee Gee? Because if they if hear is... that, there won't be left anymore. I don't know if there is. And also, were they... Um, Brothers. Sucking on helium or were they... Were they? Did they have like really tight underwear on? I, I don't know how they achieved the, that sort of high pitch um, lyrical or sort of musical... Yeah. jiggery pokery but they did there you go yeah um, moving on I think we should we should we should um, the mindful surface second number two by the way if yeah. the, get yourself on the X Factor or something as an audition why I, not I mean there's a voice well, will pulling, pulling into the barrel oh he's got a voice Simon get him on just pulling into you remind I'm me of young Morris Gibb <laughs> I've got the beer for it at the moment hey hope you're enjoying the show if you connect with what we do here at the mindful surfer why not share it with your friends or go on over to iTunes and leave us a review. 
is the more ratings we have, the more likely it is Liam and I can come back week after week and keep building this community of mindful surfers. Now, let's get back to the show. Second number two, just a bit of mindfulness, just to um, raise the focus level. So breathe in through your nose. And breathe out. And take another breath in. Really notice the air going in. And breathe out. Let's just do another breath. See if you can really notice a bit more of what you can see around you. And breathe out. Great stuff. And if you're driving or you sat still or whatever you're doing, just really take in the moment right now. Whatever's going on around you, observe it fully and just calm your body down as much as you can with this final breath. So breathing through your nose. Just hold your breath there at the top and breathe out slowly. Very nice, guys. Very nice. Moving on to segment number three. Mind Body Stoke, things that Liam and I have been working on with the mind and body to raise the stoke. Now, obviously, it is trimming pubic hair in the shower so the pubes go down <laughs> the shower hole straight away. Don't do it in the sink because, honestly, that is not going to go down well with your partner or your housemates or just with yourself, quite honestly. No one wants to see pubic hair in a sink. But apart from that, um, motivation is big in how you take care of your body. Biggest thing of all, what are your motives? Okay, it's to better surf well. It's better to surf with joy, surf consistently throughout the aging process. Dot, 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 dot. Wave count, another one. How well you actually push your ball with power and finesse and your balance. And so there's all these motives as to why we would do the, the work that we do on land with diet, with lifestyle, with training and everything. And a massive element in that is, is consistency. Now, consistency is the hardest thing to do in, in anything actually, quite frankly, life, business, sport, everything is, consistency is the hardest thing. So why are some people more consistent than others? Well, it's that they notice how hard it is to be consistent. They move through those thoughts and they find themselves in a squat anyway, in a side plank anyway, in a hamstring stretch anyway. They, they, they continually have these thoughts of inertia of don't do, leave it, let it go, do it later, blah, 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 blah. And they just, they just fuck it all. And they just, they just do it straight away. They're on it. They're doing it. And they're the ones just doing it, doing it, doing it, doing it despite all these weird thoughts that sort of go, well, you know, mm, uh, or, or just like, uh, oh, it's cold or I'm tired. It's just do it anyway, do it anyway, do it anyway. Cause you're going to, on one level, just feel better anyway, just in your state of wellness will feel better. But two, you're going to be taking yourself further towards your goals. And for me, I ebb and flow. I always have a morning routine. Now that morning routine has been around for many, 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 many years uh, of, of, a, of a 15 minute ish, sometimes 20, sometimes I'm really, really fortunate with the, with the kids and with time with school and everything. 25-minute morning routine that, that sets up my whole day. And exclusively, it will have a deep squat in it and it will have deep breathing in it and uh, some, some overhead stretching it like hangs. And it, it gets my body lined up. It gets my posture lined up. It gets my hips moving. My breath work wakes up my mind. And I, I just get ready for that day and it, it, it changes everything. It means that it, then if I have a surf that day, I'm tuned in, I'm ready to go, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe with a few top-ups on top, but with some you know, massage rolling and some more lunges and so on. But the point is this. The last few days, I've really noticed how hard it is to develop a new habit because I wanted to add in 
uh, everyday side planks, everyday calf raises, and um, what was the last one? Um, was it Tibbs? Oh, that's it. And, and everyday glute activation. Because I've noticed that if I do those each day, they don't fatigue my system. Like it's not like I've done like, you know, five sets of heavy squats. It's not like, I'm not like, it's not sore from any of that. But what it does is my whole gait is better. All my tweaks feel better. Mm. My spine feels uh, less stiff. I just have these much, much better days when I add those three in. Now it takes a little bit more time to put all those in. Mm. It takes a little bit more effort. And the inertia has been immense. It's been about seven or eight days since doing it. And of course I'm surfing better because of it. But even though I'm surfing better and even though I'm feeling better, like every morning I finish my, I finish my squat routine, my stretches and my breathing. That takes about 12, 14 minutes. And then I get to this next 10 minutes and I go, oh, oh fuck, all right. And, I, I, and while those thoughts are going on, I just have to get my elbow on the floor and start my side, side, side plank, side bridge. Because before long, I'm not doing it. Oh, I've gone in the house and I've, and I've sacked it off again, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, interestingly, this is some of the coaching, like commercial career business stuff that I've been looking at recently with, with people I know and some of the team as well, is that I, I talk about, we talked about it before, it's like, how do you eat the elephant? You know? Yeah. It's like, well, one bite at a time. And so, but so, and the motivation to take that bite, with a knife and fork. I'm just going to keep you going with this, but the motivation to take that first step is, is is what gets you going in, any, in anything. And, but then it's like that discipline and repetition and commitment and consistency and also holding yourself to account and not expecting anybody else is going to fix it for you, but you. So, you know, we've, we've said this a few times in each show, especially you, you'll have been on the receiving end of this, Will, as a, as a PT as well, where people come to you for help because they, you know, they, they, they've got an idea that they want to get better at something or they want to improve at something. But unless they've really had a word with themselves and looked at themselves very carefully in the mirror and said, Look, I'm going to be accountable to myself for this, they, they sometimes expect that, and I've been there, I've been this, this person myself, which is why I feel free to say it, they expect that just by almost hanging out with those people or, or, or getting the advice from those people, it's going to have some sort of magical effect and it's going to be, they're almost that, they're expecting that person to do it for them. But the only person that can do that that can motive once you're motivated and get yourself those gains is you but you do it by just doing the smallest things every single day without fail and yeah you know you have some rest days and you build all that into it but whatever it is you're talking about if you build in a repetition and a diligence and a commitment to practicing you won't see those results for quite a long time because they'll be incremental and you if you stop and look in a mirror if let's say metaphorically or actually physically if you're trying to make physical gains and you don't see something quickly, that's where a lot of people give in, right? But if you didn't look in the mirror, let's say physically or metaphorically speaking, until the end of the year and you'd done all those tiny little things in between, you guarantee that you'll be in a better place at the end of the year than you were at the beginning of the year most of the time. But you cannot cheat it. You can't cheat that, you know. So that's where you have to really go back to, you get yourself motivated. You do these little bits every day you have to hold yourself accountable as well. You have to be accountable to yourself and be honest when inertia kicks in and say, did I actually do, why haven't I seen the great results that I would have seen? I haven't done the practice. You know, you, music especially, you know, play if you're trying to learn a piano or a guitar or something, you, you don't, if you don't practice, you ain't going to get any better. And actually, same with surfing. If you stop practicing, you're going to go backwards a little bit as well. So there is no end destination. You just got to do little bits every time to keep it going, to keep the movement going, to keep the ball rolling forwards. And um, without it, talking to myself here as well, you just, 
you 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 lose gains, you don't make the gains that you want to make, uh, and it's just that's what leads to disappointment. So true, dude. but nobody can do it for you. No, no one that's does. The it harsh for you. reality of it, and you're absolutely right, Liam. It's those little little bits that add up over the year, and it's getting away from particularly at this time of year because we're in January. It is massively getting away from these things called diets, which have things called calorie counting within them, and it's massively getting away from these things called workouts, which have a load of work within them because the the two of them are still for me now depending on the person don't get me wrong some people that works that's great but for most people it fails because it is ignoring the most important thing in fact two most important things when it comes to becoming the surfer you want to become in terms of uh, your body fat levels your inflammation levels your movement quality your, your power your finesse everything which is the consistency of what you do and how well you feel when you do it because if calories starts to creep into it we're now ignoring well-being and if we ignore well-being it's going to be basically a matter of weeks before you bang go straight back to what you used to do because well-being is is the drive the well-being is the the horse to the carriage the well-being is the horse that pulls that carriage of consistency along along with you all the way through because the more well you feel the more consistent you can be because it's more effortless but if you feel shit because you're on a calorie controlled diet and then you add a workout to that you feel even worse again you're not, you're not listening and creating a relationship with the body at all. And so eventually it comes a point where obviously at that point, when you're that tired and that grumpy and that sore and that tight, it, so clearly not well at all, there's only so much pounding a human body can take. It, it honestly is this thing where people talk about this thing, this idea of like, oh, no pain, no gain. And I do agree with that a little bit, I do. But in the end, it, it has a very short shelf life that. And, and, and I really don't buy into this aspect of, like, oh no, willpower, willpower and go again and no pain, no gain and get that workout done and get that sweat going and, you know, eat a really clean diet. And I, I, I get the sentiment. I really get the sentiment behind it all. But the Western paradigm of fitness isn't one that works long-term mm. because if it did, all those marketing ads around all the things that get thrown in our direction that people just want to buy, they want to buy that $29 60-day program that they do for 60 days or maybe they do for 40 days, but then they, ne they never do again. Or they want to buy that 30-day book that can lose two stone. <laughs> it's all these really short shelf life whilst completely ignoring their human body. And, and I'm, they're not saying that we don't turn to fitness gurus or diet books for a boost and some knowledge. That, of, course, of course we do. But, but ultimately, the most important thing we've got to do is be consistent and notice, is this making me feel well or not? Like, for example, I don't work out. I, I, I haven't worked out for years. The more and more conscious I've become about my body, the more aware of it I've become that, God, it needs so little heavy lifting. Like tiny amount, but it fucking needs it. Yeah. It needs My God, it needs it. If I don't do any, yeah. I start getting injured, start getting yeah. it, Here's the next piece. I don't need to do loads and loads for, let's say, performing better in the surf. I just need to do that little bit of mobility that allows me to kind of move a bit better. It's like, but it is most importantly about consistency. Because if you, if you don't leave it for a month and don't leave it for three months and don't leave it for nine months and so on, this is the diet, the lifestyle, the training and everything. If you don't leave it, well, of course... You've got nothing to catch up on. Yeah. You're just doing it every day. And also, yeah, it's it, it basically, you just got to keep turning up. We've said it so many times. Just keep turning up. Like that, every, that's, Same with the surf. Just get in. It's not it's not great. It's shit, surf, whatever the shit wave police say. Well, you're there. Get in and have a go because that's practice. And it's it it's then becomes habit. And so if you make those good things habits, then over time, it's a good habit to have, right? It sort of that builds into gains. I, I, I completely agree with you. I think, but it's hard, and it's also don't let the uh, where I've gone wrong. Don't let the times you fall off that wagon 
stop you getting back on it and doing it again. Just go, okay, we're human. We stumble and fall on this path of life, whether it's improving at surfing or whether it's learning a new instrument or whether it's doing better at work or being a better parent or whatever it is. If you fall off or you fall down, well, just get up, go again. Just keep going. Don't stop. Um, and as Ads was saying, actually, this ties into body and mind. That's really good on, on, on last week when we talk about people who sometimes suffer with uh, mind and, and kind of really get into a deep pit is that the, the, they stop getting up and not getting into something that's a, a passion or a practice that actually moves your body or gets you kind of into a state that's beyond mind, that actually leaves your mind behind a little bit because you're too busy micro-focused on something else that just sort of passes time and gets you into a better place physically as well. Why not? Why not do that? I completely agree with you. Do you have anything on mind and body you've been working on? Well, that that was it. I mean, I've... Well, the diet stuff. Cause you... We'll talk about inertia. I mean, I've been really bad on diet. I was going to kind okay. of go largely carnivore, but I think I've sort of eased into it a bit gently and I'll, I'll, I'll pick it up. And again, to give myself that advice is not letting that mo- those moments of, well, I'm busy, I'm working. It's kind of how convenient it is. I, I, I'm doing, you know, 60% and then just kind of need to dial up the, ne- the next 40. <clears throat> and But then the other bit is, yeah, re- relentlessness and this micro stuff, right? I even did this over the Christmas break when it was frantically busy and it was, you know, consume, booze, entertain, do all of that stuff, um, meeting lots of different people in lots of different places, um, is to commit to the, I'm going to do 50 or 100 press-ups a day during that, pro- during that period. Because I've got the time, but you think, oh, I've got no time. Oh, I'm just going to let it go. And actually, what I've, by doing that over that four-week period, when I started training you know and I, like you i'm not got, i don't go to the gym i just train at home and I, I swim and i surf and you you feel like you haven't lost as much as you thought you would because you've been pushing your body a little bit every day just to do something and those incrementals even when i maybe only have done 40 another day i do 100 and then i do maybe 120 and then i do 30 it's just not letting yourself get through a day without that discipline of doing something so that 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 really helped might not for some people, but it does for others. And then the other thing I did was force myself, having done the, I, I was banging on about how much I was loving the jujitsu thing. Over Christmas, you know, you stop going and you, you travel and things get in the way. I've just been back after our podcast with ads to uh, Mara Jiu-Jitsu. If you're in the region, check it out. It's great, great academy. Uh, and it was painful, man, it was painful. But forcing myself to go was the best thing I did because it broke that inertia. And I was like, I'm just going to turn up. This is what I do. I go there on a Sunday morning, so I'm just going to make it happen. And so all of these things that you kind of have to really tell yourself to break the break the lethargy. If you've got into habits where that you associate, that's just what you do, and you just do a little bit every day, and you go to this on that day, and you, it really, really helps cut through. So my theme in January, as it were, has been breaking the things I want to do back down all the way back into very, very small micro things that I can do to get better over a long term, and also then just turning up and just doing it no matter how well you perform you know and that relates right into the surf right didn't surf very well but i just got in did it got out i learned from that so yeah that's what i'm doing for for mind and body because they're both those two things the discipline to keep going especially during stressful times works pretty up and down at the moment you go okay i'm going to keep doing that but the fitter you are i feel personally in body the better able you are to deal with those things that challenge your mind. Completely agree, dude. The, the resilience that you have within your body definitely transfers over to the mind and, and vice versa. And yeah. I think that's really, really cool. Um, <sighs> dude. We've rattled through Unreal. that. Unreal. 
anything on the media? Well, media? yes. I mean, look, I talked about that. Go and check that thing out with Jonah Hill on Netflix, right? If you like listening to this show, I think you probably enjoy the bits of that that program. Right? It's called Stuts, and it's on net Netflix. worth worth checking out. Is it surf media? Well, Jonah Hill surfs. And uh, some of this stuff that you learn in there, you can apply it to. And then on surf, surf stuff, go and have a look at Jamie O'Brien surfing, horrendously crowded pipeline, and just look in either you know fear, wonderment, excitement, disbelief at that stuff. And then last night I watched this thing with Steph Gilmore and Leonardo Fiovaranti. Fiovaranti, yeah, well uh, They go surfing in Italy. Right. So, and I know we've got some listeners there. Um, so check that out. You know, the surfing uh, local, some of the local breaks in Italy, um, not Steph's local breaks, but, you know, looking at what surf is like in Italy, all the way through down into Sardinia and places like that. I think it's a stab Red Bull collaboration. Mm. Um, oh, check that, that out. Yeah. It's really, really cool to watch them sometimes surfing pretty junky waves as well. I know. I know. No, I mean, Italians would get a very similar sort of wind yeah. swell type thing that we get yeah. and I'm sure because of it if you spoke to them overall they'd be pretty stoked and, yeah. pretty, and pretty hungry yeah. because I swear that this is, there's this awesome phenomena of, of adaptation that we get as, as humans where you give a human enough of something and they get adapted to it yeah. but if you give them just maybe just a little bit they never quite get fully adapted so yeah. they just hungry for more and more yeah, and more exactly. because if you get your fill and get your fill and get your fill because you live at trestles or wherever yeah um, you know, three foot on shore for you is like, well, yeah. Whereas for us, oh my god, it's actually even breaking. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that so what's great with us where we live is Mother Nature never quite gives us um too much. So we never quite adapt. So I think I think that's surely true of Italians as well. But I'll definitely check that out, dude. That's such a good thing. Um yeah. But guys, thanks for having us. Been a pleasure. We right. will be back. We'll see you soon. Bye. Ciao ciao. See ya. <laughs>